Welcome to Life on the Watercrest Line. In this series, we follow the activities of the line throughout the year. We go behind the scenes and see all aspects of the operation. Episode 3, The Canadian Pacific Project, Part 1, where I talk to Becky Peacock, who is project managing the restoration of this famous Merchant Navy class locomotive. In this episode, we discuss the importance of the Merchant Navy class to the Southern Railway, the personality of their chief engineer, Oliver Bullitt, and we also start to discuss the work that is being done. It's a hot morning here at Ropley, and I'm sat with Becky Peacock. Becky, can you give me an idea what the project is about? So the Canadian Pacific Project is um, a Heritage Lottery Fund supported project and it centres on the restoration of Merchant Navy class locomotive Canadian Pacific and two wooden framed carriages and alongside that runs a very large outreach and educational programme which is, is really the other side of the project as well. You said that Canadian Pacific is a Merchant Navy class. Can you explain what the Merchant Navy class is? So the Merchant Navy class locomotives are a set of locomotives designed by Oliver Bullard uh, for the Southern Railway in the Second World War and they are a specific type of locomotive. So they were, in essence, the most technologically advanced locomotive built at the time uh, with multiple novel features that hadn't been seen all together in one place. Um, Oliver Bullard basically took designs from all over the world. So he used a wheel design from America uh, called Boxpox, although they were patented here in Britain as Bullard first and brown wheels. As they're non-spoked wheels, they don't look like traditional wheels, uh, but they're stronger and lighter. So it did have some really lovely technological advancements on it. Um, and they were named the Merchant Navy class after the Merchant Navy shipping lines that entered Southampton. So a really local link. And that was because Southampton was run by the Southern Railway, if I remember correctly? Yeah, there were a couple of arguments. Bullard wanted to name them after land, sea and air victories in the Second World War. But by the time they came out in 1940, there hadn't been any decidedly British achievements in that area. And so it was suggested by another member of the Southern Railway that they were named after shipping lines because they were a big part of the local economy. And Canadian Pacific Shipping Line was one of those that entered Southampton, would have come from Canada and, and America over. And they also docked in, in Liverpool as well. That Canadian Pacific was the fifth engine out of Eastley Works in 1941. And it, there's a correlation, it appears, that she was named Canadian Pacific because not long before she was finished, the Canadian Pacific Shipping Line lost uh, their largest liner, in the Battle of the Atlantic um, and that was called the Empress of Britain and she was sunk just off the coast um, of the UK and it took three attempts for the Germans to sink her and uh, Berlin even announced before it officially sunk that they'd managed to sink this huge liner and uh, we had to inform Berlin that um, they hadn't. Canadian Pacific is a Merchant Navy class locomotive 
these were very powerful I believe yes they were very powerful engines so they were designed to be um, express locomotives to haul both passengers and freight during the Second World War and then they were used to haul boat trains um, from Waterloo to Southampton and back again the Bournemouth Bell as well so huge dining trains um, so they were designed to carry large loads very fast and very powerful and the boilers really reflect that the, the kind of makeup of the boiler reflects how well it steams and how powerful it is. How would they compare in power to the locomotives used by the other railway companies, particularly considering that the Southern Railway had relatively short distances and in the London area the tracks might not have been high-speed running quality? Although they were designed to be high-speed passenger locomotives, obviously speed restrictions at certain areas would have restricted what they could do but to give you some sort of idea so in 1965 on the 15th of may canadian pacific reached 105 miles per hour on a journey from waterloo to bournemouth and she reached it down winchester bank now the poor fireman that was shoveling coal didn't realize that he was going to be making a record uh, he just just told to shovel coal as fast as possible to get that engine up. She didn't become the fastest merchant navy on record. She was actually beaten not long after by Royal Mail, uh, which did 105.88 miles per hour. But Royal Mail no longer exists. So Canadian Pacific is classed as the oldest and fastest surviving merchant navy in preservation. So she kind of holds that title because the other one that beat her has long since been cut up. And that's a pretty good speed. It is, yeah. Particularly when you think about in 1965, steam was coming to an end. She was redrawn a number of months afterwards anyway. And the restrictions on the main line at the time, for them to have completed that speed was a real feat in itself. And particularly, you know, with everything else that, you know, they're facing all of this at the same time. And to have it officially recorded as well there was someone on board recording the speed officially so that's that's always a nice one one wonders what it felt like for the passengers because the carriages in those days were not nearly as comfortable as today yes probably quite a, a bumpy ride um but I, I do know some of the guys that were actually on that that service and they were also timing it and i think the excitement of being on a merchant navy going that fast knowing that steam was ending too was a real excitement the person who designed them oliver bullet was he one of the great designers of locomotives oh it really depends who you ask about oliver bullet um oliver bullet did have some very interesting ideas and you can see where he was going with his designs. He was trying to make them better by putting things from all over the world, putting them into one locomotive. The problem lay in the fact that the first design of the Merchant Navy was terribly overweight to the point that they had to redesign it and even when Canadian Pacific came out she was still overweight. Um, so they had to drill holes in her frames to make her lighter. She weighs 97 tonnes. She's not a small engine. And so they were restricted 
in their use. So later on, a, a lighter version, the West Country class, was made so that they could extend down into the further southern region areas past Exeter because the Merchant Navy were too heavy to go past. The, the track couldn't take the weight that they had. So there was some real design flaws in there. The, the oil bath that he originally created leaked and that actually caused the engines to set alight and Canadian Pacific did set herself on fire uh, quite spectacularly <laughs> um, and, and a number of the other class members did as well and so sometimes these design features didn't work so well and other times like having electric lighting powered by a steam generator under the cab were amazing um, suddenly you had the ability for the driver and fireman to see by electric lighting rather than by the glow of the uh, uh, fire itself at night although obviously in the second world war not a good thing particularly with having to have the blackout but one thing that always amazes me in terms of what Oliver Bullard was like was that a an engineer working in Eastley Works once said of Oliver Bullard that if Oliver Bullard had told me to put square wheels on the locomotive the locomotive would have had square wheels even though I know it won't work and it seems to be kind of a, a description of just how being able to persuade people against their own better judgments sometimes to how he was thinking. Obviously, he, he did work elsewhere before he became the chief mechanical engineer of the Southern Railway. His ideas were tampered down a bit, so he wasn't completely allowed free reign. But he gets got to the Southern Railway and it just seemed to be allowed to have this, this free reign of design. In terms of the Merchant Navy, I think they're a bit like Marmite. You either love them or hate them. They love the engines and the power that they produce, and others absolutely despise them. They're not the easiest thing to fire. They go through coal like nobody's business. They can be temperamental, and you really need to know how to drive them. So in, in terms of that, they were never really designed for the crew that were on board. Apart from giving them an electric light. And apart from giving them an electric light, yes. So a little bit of, of kind of niceties and then you're going to have to fire for the rest of the time and you will have a temperamental engine to deal with. If I remember correctly, these came with a airflow casing or something yes yeah, so it's called well air smoothed casing sorry air smoothed yes um or the nickname for it is spam can because it gave them a rectangular casing on the outside so you couldn't see the boiler and it made them look like a can of spam so it was the kind of nickname that they got spam can they have so many nicknames it's hard to, to kind of keep up they were also called packets because uh, named after the first locomotive channel packet, which actually did its first journey from Eastley Works to Alsford. And it had Oliver Bullard on board. And uh, Oliver Bullard and the uh, members of the Southern Railway got off, went and had lunch, and then went back to Eastley. And uh, just odd that they went to went to Alsford here on the Watercrest Line. It's just such an odd thing to do in the middle of the Second World War. <laughs> A real tie-in with the work you're doing. Yeah, so in essence we can safely say that we're a heritage railway that has the longest association with the class itself because that first one came and now Canadian Pacific is our flagship here on the Watercrest Line. So 
it, we really do have a long history with the class. Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting one at least. So how long has Canadian Pacific been with the Watercrest line? So we purchased Canadian Pacific in 2006 after her mainline stint. So she used to be uh, part of Steam Dreams, she used to haul the Cathedral's Express until 2002 when unfortunately she had a little bit of an accident on the mainline and she was banned from mainline use. And so they fixed the problem and in 2006 we bought her with only two years left on her boiler ticket. So she ran until 2008 and she was sat in the yard until about 2011-2012 when she was taken by diesel down to Eastley Works, um, travelling 25 miles an hour and then she's been there ever since. Canadian Pacific is fully owned by the Watercrest Line or the Midhance Railway? So, Canadian Pacific is owned by the Midhance Railway Preservation Society, so by the charity. She's an asset of the charity and she will be used by the company as the flagship of the railway. Uh, so she'll be a real star when she comes out back into service. Now you said, or you mentioned, that there were two years on her boiler ticket. What is a boiler ticket? All heritage railway locomotives, those are run, that are run on heritage railways, have what we call a 10-year boiler ticket. And what happens is once they've been restored and the boilers have been overhauled, they go for a, a steam and hydraulic test. That's to make sure that they're perfectly safe under um, the boiler regulations. I won't get into the technical part of that uh, under the boiler regulations and so we have an external assessment uh, inspector come in and assess it once that has been passed they have a what is called a boiler ticket that 10-year life starts ticking down um, what we then aim to do is put that boiler into the frames as quickly as possible so we aim for about six months because what we don't want to do is lose real large proportions of that 10-year ticket. We want to use the full 10 years. Now in that 10 years, the boiler is inspected every year. Every five years it has what is called a major inspection. So it's pulled out for a little bit longer. And then by the time we get to the end of 10 years, it is usually pulled out of service and it has to go back through overhaul. So everything gets taken apart. You can sometimes ask for extensions, but that is on kind of the grace of the inspector. Um, most of the time we'll have a locomotive out of the workshop that can replace the one that is coming out of service. Does that mean then that after 10 years the boiler is scrap? Can you get more life out of it but it just needs significant maintenance? It really depends on the type of overhaul you did previously before it's 10 years of service. If you did quite a major overhaul, so really took the boiler apart, had some uh, a deep inspection of it, what you'd find by the end of the next 10 years is you only need to do minor maintenance to it. If you did minor maintenance last time, you might find you need to do a major overhaul the, the next time. It really depends on what stresses that boiler is put under. Now, in terms of Canadian Pacific, from her last 10 years of service, because she was a mainline um, locomotive before we bought her, she's had a few issues. They used to pick up water wherever they could find it, and this meant that in many cases the water was untreated. So like your kettle at home, she got a lot of lime scale, she's a bit furry. Unfortunately, this lime scale in terms of her boiler has attacked it um, quite badly. 
and what it's caused is uh, what we call grooving or pitting. The plate should be entirely smooth and unfortunately what it, it does is it dips and pits in certain places so the plate is not of the same thickness throughout her inner firebox. What we've also found is the 2002 accident she had. Um, it was a, a boiler tube blew back into her cab. Uh, yeah, quite a dangerous thing to happen, particularly when you've got a railway inspector on board, which she did, um, but the crew were amazing. They managed to jump out, uh, release the ash pan, drop the fire, and the railway inspector, although severely scolded, did survive the accident. The work that was done to repair her boiler, it appears when we've been looking at it since, wasn't done to the standard that we would have prepared it to and so we've then run it two years after and it's had some knock-on effects so there are some what we call structural fractures uh, in the inner firebox to repair that we would have had to have cut the plate out and then welded new plate in but because of the overall condition of Canadian Pacific's inner firebox we are now having to rebuild a brand new inner firebox for Canadian Pacific which is not an easy feat because it's not been done before in preservation. Um, the South Devon Railway are currently building eight of them for the Merchant Navy, West Country and Battle of Britain, but they're pretty much in the same situation as we are. It's, it's, kind of, it's a huge learning curve because we, we don't know what problems we're going to come into. And so from that you can start to see how the use of the locomotive can have a huge impact on that boiler condition. So really it depends on use, how much stress it's been put under. But hopefully, in terms of Canadian Pacific, the work that we'll do now in her overhaul would mean that after the next 10 years, she'll have just a minor overhaul on her boiler. Because there really shouldn't be anything needed to be done. Because here on the Watercrest line we use uh, treated water. So we know she won't have the limescale issue that she had. And she won't be stressed the type of work that she'll be doing won't put undue stress on her boiler and therefore not causing any fractures and we also slow fire so the day before we require the locomotive we light it about nine nine o'clock in the morning we then slowly raise the temperature of the boiler over that day it then stays warm all night and then the crew come in the next morning for use and and get it right up to to pressure and temperature and that slow process of firing ha actually makes boiler easier to work with and also doesn't stress it out whereas if we quick fire bring it up quickly to temperature it could cause fractures and that's what we don't want we want them to survive because obviously they're getting older <laughs> every every year it's another year on on the boiler and uh, her boiler's already 76 years old so it's um it's definitely getting there. This podcast is published by the Mr. T Podcast Studio.